Well, Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to episode 73 of the What Do We Do podcast. On today's episode, I'm joined by Hollywood and sports journalist and producer, Mr. Ben Lyons. Ben is one of the most well-known and trusted TV, radio, and online hosts and producers working today. It's going to be a great show, so let's go. Welcome to What Do We Do? A podcast discussing wealth management and financial planning featuring key leaders in our communities. Hosted by founder and CEO of Great Lakes Wealth, Dewey Stefan. Tune in to hear how you can plan for and live your your best best life. life. Well, welcome back to another episode of the What Do We Do podcast. I'm Dewey Stefan, your host, and today is another guest episode. And as a reminder, these are episodes where we bring a leader of the community in to our studio, and it's a new studio, by the way. But these leaders have a story to tell, knowledge to share, and advice to give. And then we do bring them in so they can help our community not just survive, but thrive. And today's guest is Ben Lyons. Dewey. My man, Dewey. nice to see you. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. I can't believe I saw you on the wood out at the Barclays. Now I'm here on the show. You live a really crazy life, man. Well, I don't know if our uh, viewers <laughs> and our uh, listeners need to understand all of it, but I'm happy to have you share it your way as long as it's in a good light. I want to let everyone know that you are a television, radio, and online host and producer. You split your time between New York and Los Angeles, and if I do say so, you cover pop culture and sports like nobody else. Thank you, Dewey. I appreciate it, man. I've had a very uh, lucky, lucky career, and I'm just getting started. That's how I feel. Well, it's kind of funny that you say that because, you know, a tagline of our podcast is, we're just getting started. We say we have 1.5 million views on social media, and we're just getting started. I mean, I think that's the thing, man. You just got to have fun with it. And if you're not enjoying something that you're doing 10, 20 years into it, maybe it's a time to try to reevaluate what's getting you up every day. But if you can find the joy in it after you've been through it, I think that means you're doing exactly what you should be doing. And there might be some uh, pivots along the way. There might be some uh, ebbs and flows, some peaks and some valleys, but you're right. You need to kind of go with where you are meant to be and hopefully you can navigate and find it, right? I have a a dear friend of mine. I was actually on the phone with him uh, before my flight today and he was reminding me about the bends in the road. That it's not just about the destination and if there's a block in the road. It's about the bends and the turns and, the, and, and that's the journey of how you get there. It's never a straight shot. Well, a lot of people say this is cliche. We'll probably say a few cliches throughout the show. But they say it's not the end. It's the journey that life's all about. I'm not 100% sure that I agree with that. It's a little bit of both. And maybe you have some short-term goals and you take the journey to get to them. Mm-hmm. And then again, they're great experiences and great stories and maybe you take another one and another one but i'm just trying to be on my forest gump man i just want stories <laughs> for the porch when i'm 90 if god willing i get to see that age and in good mind and spirit and body then yeah I, you know just to have some stories to say wait great grandpa did that he knew them what i just love the idea of 
having stories to just load up in your in your safe and, and then share them with your loved ones one day. I agree with that 100%. I'm, I'm cut from the same cloth. And for uh, our audio listeners and our video viewers, I want to thank you for tuning in to another What Do We Do podcast. Again, uh, we ask you to download, share, subscribe. The more that you uh, share this with the world that we're in, the more that people can understand and listen and learn a little bit from our guests. Today, Ben Lyons is with us and we're so excited. On that same idea, Ben, we just uh, met two days ago in New York City and because I am so stubborn and I am such uh, you know, a, a wonderful person to come and see, you flew into Detroit in a snowstorm to record here and I'm, again, so appreciative of you being here and I really do want to have our audience uh, learn more about you and your story. I heard through the grapevine that you are a Knicks diehard. That's your squad, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm a diehard Knicks fan. I don't know why I do it to myself, man. I love them so much and I just want one in my lifetime. Time. You know, my dad grew up in New York City, but he's the city's biggest Red Sox fan. He quotes a French philosopher who says, the heart has reason, that reason itself knows nothing of. And now he has four World Series championships. What? I remember as a kid, entire subway cars would chant, Lion sucks, Lion sucks, when we would go up to the Yankee games. They'd recognize my dad, and we'd be on the D train, and the whole subway car. Time out. This is Detroit, so I thought you were saying the Lions suck. The Lions <laughs> suck because they haven't had a championship, um, you know, Super Bowl. But ever. yet you still believe, and you just want one in your lifetime. No, and- I don't. But everyone around here knows that, so we'll we'll switch gears because the locals know I have a fire pit, and I paid for that fire pit by giving up my season tickets to those uh, lame Lions back in the day. It's but tough, I man. digress. It's Get tough. back to uh, Lions. I just want one in my life, honestly, Dewey. Like I joke and say that it's nice to have my spring. Free every year may and june and my calendar is wide open but man it would be so special just to have that once in the city you can feel it you know that uh it would just be a, a whole other level of pandemonium in new york if the knicks could ever figure it out so i still believe i'll see one in my lifetime i'm doing more yoga now so i can stay healthy just i want to live longer you know so it's been about what 50 years i'm, I'm in my 40s it's well, for our, our local audience, we had the bad boys, and then we also yeah. had the Pistons uh, later on that uh, got a couple uh, couple championships. So Red we, Wings, you've got great hockey here. You've had the Tigers. You've got, you know, uh, like you said, the Pistons with Rip Hamilton and those guys. It's been, it's been tough with the Knicks. It really has. But for the first time in my lifetime, thanks to a Detroit guy, Scott Perry, uh, I feel like they're on the right track with developing young guys, re-signing first-round draft picks. They hadn't done that since Charlie Ward. So there's some, there's light at the end of the tunnel. But the team over in Brooklyn doesn't count? That's a dumpster fire. That's a nightclub <laughs> with the lights turned on. What is happening? Depending on when this podcast airs, who knows who's even on the team, who's coaching the team. Man, that place. The only thing they got going at the Barclays is the meditation room on the Grand Concourse. I we like did that. see that the other night. That was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah for saying. sure. And the, the uh, stadium itself is pretty cool. It's just a great part of town. I think that's what's so cool about New York City is that you have so much going on. That the Barclays, the Garden, they're competing with Broadway. They're competing with other sports you know, in town. There's so much going on. And you go in these stadiums. You're at the center of the world. You're watching Kevin Durant. You're watching R.J. Barrett. 
And then you get out into the city and everybody outside has like, he's like, keep doing their city thing. Like has no idea what's going on. And you're boom, you're like back in the rat race. Head over to Times Square, see the naked cowboy. Who's not naked. Challenge flag on the field with that guy. (laughs) Guy made a whole career not being naked, calling himself naked. (laughs) I'm speechless. I have no idea what to say to that. I mean? Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. He's the cowboy hat and the uh, fruit of the looms. Yeah, to to his credit, though, he's out there in the cold. I want to get to your history. Your father and your grandfather, he was a legend back in his day. And so give me a little bit about your family history, and uh, we'll go from there. You know, I mentioned that I find myself at this place of sports storytelling, and I really think it's in my DNA. On my mother's side, uh, my grandfather, the legend Frank Sarge Crocker, is in the United States Soccer Hall of Fame. And my, my dad's side, my grandfather, Leonard Lyons, uh, is a, was a columnist for the New York Post for 40 years, covering nightlife in New York six days a week, going out and sharing stories of the city, and he knew everybody. And it's sports and storytelling, and those, that's the lineage I come from. Of course, thanks to some beautiful women as well, like my grandmother, Helen and Sylvia, and, and the list goes on. So I come from sports storytelling, and now I try and channel their energy in the work that I do whether it's on television, whether it's with Revel, whether it's been on the radio different times in my life. Um, and then my father has been a film critic for, gosh, 40 plus years. He's still reviewing movies. You know, I was over at his house yesterday and we were talking about the early Oscar contenders and, uh, and which actors are, are trying to have a campaign who probably shouldn't have a campaign for their film, but that's Hollywood. But my dad still at 78 years young is in it reviewing movies. And, and, and he really always approached his craft um, more as a traditional journalist who covered film. That was his beat, but uh, more of a, a, like an old school approach to it. Never really said he was part of Hollywood. I lived in LA. I worked for the E Channel. You know, I've got some Hollywood stories. So I kind of approached And we're going to get into those stories uh, for our I approached it a little differently over the years. And media changed so much over our generations covering nightlife and covering film and, and the arts and sports and stuff. You know, my grandfather wrote on a typewriter at a time when New York City had eight daily newspapers. Now I'm doing the Dewey Show multi platform around the world on Instagram, on YouTube, on a podcast, all these different things that my grandfather, I mean, God, he was light years away from that stuff. My dad had a great career working in television um, at the time when local TV was always, you know, a big thing, especially in New York. So it's cool how the, the platforms change and the technology changes. But at the end of the day, it's being a real fan with real access and being able to tell stories and bring your audience along for the ride. I think that's fantastic. And, you know, back then, again, for our listeners and our viewers that are younger, just go watch one of the early Superman movies, okay? And you got the Daily Planet or whatever it is. Sure. And that's kind of how it was. They ran around with a little notepad, and then there were the typewriters that went back and forth. Go ahead and why don't you do a... a search for typewriter on the internet and see what comes up, right? You know, it's, it's, it's crazy because the New York Post is an institution in New York. It's got its own energy and its own vibe on it now. Very different paper back when my grandfather wrote for it. And what I always appreciated about his work, and I never had the privilege of meeting him, but I went back and read his 12,000 plus columns. And he never approached it as a gossip reporter. He was never trying to get dirt on people. And, oh, I gotcha. It was more celebrating why people were celebrated and, and providing uh, some uh, you know insight into what the lives of the most creative, artistic, influential, accomplished people of the day were doing. And, and he did it with a, with a grace and a, and a professionalism that 
I have tried to, to bring with me on my journey and I've probably failed many times along the way, but I, I, I always think about culture and media and sports and, and film with my grandfather's spirit of would he have put this person in the column? And that's why, you know, maybe I'll pay attention to a certain actor or film or an athlete. Well, back then, you know, the journalists, I don't think they were celebrities or influencers, but I would say again, whether it's the film critic world or just today's everything is, you know, social media all the time, that the journalists may be as much the celebrity as the celebrities they're covering. Um, hello, Ben Lyons. No, right definitely here. not. Seacrest had the best line and knocked up when he was saying, I'm bigger than the people we interview on this show. Right. Um, yeah, I seen you at the courtside at the Barclays the other night. You're kind of a big deal as well. So don't play this off on me. So I was trying to figure that out. I, I thought. I told someone the other day, I, yeah, I was blessed to sit in the front row of the, of the basketball game. Like, front row? You mean you were courtside? You were on the hardwood? And yeah, I'm like, man. oh, I guess there's certain terminology because I'm not used to being there. See, and neither am I. I jokingly say I have the NYU Spike Lee seats, not the ones that we see Spike at the Garden now. But the, the enthusiasm that you have just in recounting that memory of being courtside the other night at Barclays, that lets me know you're a good dude and you're a passionate guy. Like, it's not, just, oh, yeah, we were on the wood and uh, it's just another night. And, uh, no, you got to, like, appreciate these moments that you have. And, and, and it's something that I really work on and, and focus on in my own journey, in my own life of taking a beat and understanding, wow, the fact that you guys all took time out of your day to set up these lights and these cameras and talk to me about my life. Like, I don't take that for granted. So thank you. And I don't take for granted those moments of just getting to see, see Coach Bobby Hurley Jr. do his thing out there for ASU the other night. That was really special. Well, we weren't there for that, okay? No, we, but that was a bonus. We were there for the that's Blue, they're... the Wolverines, one <laughs> Howard, and the Howard, uh, the Howard family was yeah. making it happen. That's crazy, though, now, right? As we get older and you see Juwan Howard versus Bobby Hurley Jr. out there as coaches with their kids out there. Bobby's dad was sitting behind him. He's a legendary coach from St. Anthony's in New York, and I used to go to his camps when I was a kid growing up. So I got the chance to go up to him and thank him for always looking after me and my knucklehead friends when we were kids. So yeah, thank you again for the upgrade on the seats. Cause again, I'm in the NYU Spike Lee seats usually. I don't have the do we do. Well, seats. again, you know, we, it, we love to have great friends <laughs> and we had great friends that invited me. And again, if I'm invited, you know, you're not, they say when you're invited, don't invite others, yeah. you know, be a respectful guest, but uh-uh. No, I know, and everyone I know, come on in. Yeah, and, uh, the whole team on. We're going to give a shout out <laughs> to Matthew McCaskin for uh, making that happen. What a awesome. great night it was. Let's talk about how you started kind of in the business yourself. You just talked about your grandfather and your father i heard a story from our mutual friend dean that it goes back to high school and so for our younger listeners pay attention because it's never too early to start and it's also never too late to start but tell us how you kind of got the the i don't know the entertainment bug uh, the first thing I, I really did in my professional career, I put on a hip hop appreciation conference at my high school. And I went to the oldest high school in America, not exactly synonymous with uh, hip hop music and culture. However, growing up in New York in the 90s, you couldn't escape it. And we were blessed with so many great albums and moments and I just caught the bug. And so uh, I put on for a, a full day at my school a conference with different panels and workshops and performances. I'm 18 at the time. I get Elliot Wilson, who's then the editor-in-chief of XXL. He comes and does a panel on journalism. Dennis Page, thanks to him, he's the publisher of XXL. He comes and talks to the kids at the school. Through my cousin Ricky, who grew up with Drew Ha from Duck Down Records, I get Smith & Wesson to perform in my auditorium, the Coco Bees, like they did Super Mario in my school. Um, Shout out to Tech, who I still talk to here and there, um, and, and Steel. So 
I, uh, I, that got me going. I was like in with Duck Down then. I got an internship with those guys, worked the street team with those guys, produced music videos for Black Moon and Sean Price, rest in peace, and uh, really dove headfirst into independent hip-hop scene in New York in the early 2000s. And through that, uh, uh, ended up producing segments for a show called Hip Hop Nation. It was a syndicated late-night music show, and, and I had 10 minutes a week that I had to fill behind the scenes. And I did everything from hold the camera, edit the clips, book the app, you know, book the locations, book the rappers we were interviewing. And that taught me everything about television besides being on television. So that Years later, when fate would have it that I would get on the other side of the camera, I had a different understanding of what everybody else's job was behind the scenes. So independent hip hop through family connections, through just a love and passion for it, through being resourceful, putting on this ridiculous conference, the Fresh Fest at Collegiate, um, it set me on a path that changed my life. Did you call life. it the Fresh Fest? It was Is the that Fresh it was Conference. It was okay. the Fresh Conference at Collegiate. And it was in uh, June of 2000 that got me an internship with Duck Down, which then led to producing music videos, which then led to interning at Def Jam and Rockefeller and Murder, Inc. And, uh, you know, leaving school early to come back to New York to want to dive even deeper into my profession. And somehow through that, got on MTV and then I became, you know, an on-air dude. And then it all went to my head and I got <laughs> well, again, we're just getting started, although that's uh, that's a great intro sure. to some of your past, for sure. We'll talk about uh, E and the red carpet for the, uh, is it the Oscars? Is so that- here's, a, here's a life lesson for your audience. Get out of your own way. I went into the auditions for the E! Channel kicking and screaming. What? I don't want to be on that side of the red carpet. I don't want to ask gossip questions. And thank goodness I got out of my own way. I had an agent at the time, um, Scott Wax and Jason Hodes, two of these guys who, who were wonderful. And they really helped me understand that it was a bigger opportunity than just about me at that time. You know, this is something that would change my life, my family, my friends' lives. Like, it, like talk about bringing the whole team. I spent my 20s bringing my friends everywhere around the world to the coolest things I, I, I could ever imagine. They made a show about that called Entourage. I, we always joke, man. We like, oh, Ben got the movie. Vince got the movie. You know, <laughs> Vince didn't get the movie. That was every, I felt like Queens Boulevard out there because my oldest friends are dudes I've known since I was six. And so when we all moved to LA and I had this all access pass to, to Hollywood, it was fun for everybody. But those guys are all doing way more interesting things than I'm doing. And I think that's the key to it too, right? It's like, well, as soon as that, that happened and I, and I got on the e-channel, I had a whole new life and a whole new crew of people, but it was the same people around me from when I was little so that we could all kind of enjoy it together. And, and, and it kept me like with some perspective, I think, at a, at a young time in my life. During those times, it's probably hard to stay um, out of trouble. Uh, the nightlife in Hollywood, the nightlife in New York City. I mean, just the entertainment business in general, there's a lot of distractions. And so how do you and how would you tell our audience of listeners and viewers to, again, keep their head on straight, keep focused? Or, again, do you go have a little bit of fun and uh, you know, enjoy the moment? Or you know, oh, I, hope, I hope my mother's watching this right now. Um, I think uh, some, something I, I did that, that, you can, that you can take from is, I had an opportunity to be on television every day around the world on the E! Channel and then took over for Cisco and Ebert, did at the movies, was working for Good Morning America, doing all these fun things for a young guy. So I was like, you know what? 
I should probably sign a deal with the Hard Rock Hotel in Las Vegas and host parties every weekend for two years. So I did that too um, and was able to survive that. Uh, shout out to uh, Clinton Sparks, Sal Masekela, the E Channel crew. We were out there in Vegas for uh, you know two years doing E Channel events. And uh, I joke when I say all this, but you know I, it, it is something that I, I'm actually proud of, the fact that I've been able to navigate my life not have serious mistakes that have come to define me. I don't think anybody should be defined by their, their lowest moment. I think it's about accountability. It's about growing. Uh, there are tons of pictures on the internet I'm not proud of, but I know that I'm, I've grown from them and I, that's what I'm proud of. I learned that from Jalen. Jalen's the first one to admit when he messes up and, and he grows from it. You think about how far he's come in his life and, and, and the things he's overcome you know, I take great pride in saying, all right, I messed up. I shouldn't have done that. I should probably, you know, learn from that and then, and then actually do the work. So yeah, you're right. Navigating Hollywood in my twenties on TV, pre-social media. Thank goodness. I did okay. Well, and you said again, I hope your mom's watching <laughs> or not watching, but, um, that's something that, uh, is also cliche that we tell younger viewers and listeners or just younger people out there is listen, what you're about to say or what you're about to do is probably recorded somewhere. And so make sure whatever it is you're going to do or say is something that your mom would be proud of. I mean, I make live TV now every single day. So I, I take great pride in, in standing behind my words and saying what I believe and saying what I mean. And if you know, stuff comes out sometimes that it shouldn't, I, I, I learn from it and I grow from it and, and, and I try and take ownership of it. Words from the wise. Okay, let's uh, let's keep going down the path, and I want to really dive into New York versus Los Angeles, and kind of you know by coastal, and is there a different vibe on each coast in the entertainment business? And then again, as we get further down the road with this interview, we will get back to sports. We will get back to bonjour. But for now, let's talk about the difference between L.A. and New York. I'm going to steal this from the internet. New York is fun hell. L.A. is shitty heaven. Wow. Okay. Right? What that sums that it mean? up. That uh, sums it up because you're in L.A. You're like July 4th weekend, Malibu. That sounds amazing. It sounds like heaven. All the traffic. Where am I going to park? Can I get in? Am I on the list? Eh, it kind of sounds kind of lame. That's too much. So it's kind of like lame heaven, right? New York. You're on the subway, it's hot, there's rats, there's crazy people, it's loose. But you know what? The stars align and you have a magical night and you go, I just had a good time in hell on earth. So lame, lame heaven and fun hell. That is the difference between New York and L.A. Um, I think, you know, I joke often and say that I'm not from America. I'm from New York and L.A. And I say that because... Growing up in New York, living my adult life in Los Angeles, those places are unlike anywhere else in the world. They're unlike each other. They're forever connected. People go back and forth for business, for, for lifestyle choice. But man, like what crazy outer space planets those two cities are. Always hanging on by a thread at any moment. You feel that, especially in New York and especially in LA now. Just this idea of it. It could go either way. It, at any time, good, bad, ugly, or otherwise. So I think, you know, for me in, 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 at this time in my life to move back to New York, 
a little older, a little wiser, want to spend time with family at this time in their lives. Uh, it's the perfect situation for me. The city's got a great energy about it right now. The Knicks are decent. So I think when the when the Knicks are doing well, city's on fire. But the Knicks are decent. So the city's, you know, got some good energy around it. Act two, bonjour, and the new show, two hours live, Monday through Friday. And uh, from us talking earlier, it's not just those big uh, sports you talked about. It's more global, right? You have a global audience. And so talk about some of the sports. And again, this this event coming up called the World Cup. Yeah. Have you heard of it? Fired up for the World Cup. Uh, we all had to pick a second team. I'm going with Canada. It's their second time in the World Cup, first since 1986. But what we love on our show is celebrating the world of sports and packing in as many cool sports stories as we can into our two hour rundown. You know, we do a segment on the show where we go through the day and we're like, we talked about badminton, we talked about pickleball, we talked about football, we talked about women's basketball, we talked about men's basketball, we talked about tennis. And it, it's just a reminder that, you know, traditional sports media oftentimes can kind of get stuck in a rut with talking about the same storylines or the same players and the same themes. And so we want to really just open it up, have fun, remind you of why you love sports in the first place, bring some joy to the morning. And, you know, we're just getting started and the first 100 shows are going to look really different from the second 100 shows. And we hope audiences will stay with us on the ride as we shine a light on what's happening around the world. We interviewed, um, we had a, a rugby player on the other day. We had a guy on today who's building a, a soccer stadium out in Queens. We had, you know, my man Salema Masakela from my e-channel days, who's a big, you know, action sports host talking surfing. Where else are you going to get, you know, African surf talk on morning television on a sports show? So we try to really open it up and just have fun with it because oftentimes it gets so serious in this world of hot takes, man. Are there some sports that you see are uh, on their last legs? You know, maybe they're dying out. And again, uh, newer ones, I know pickleball, they say is the fastest growing sport it's either crazy. in the it's country crazy. or We're the world. We're doing pickleball stories every day, it seems like, on the show. I'll be so curious how the trend of people playing pickleball, you know, transitions over to people following professional pickleball players. Those are two very different things. Uh, I, I love uh, learning more uh, about sports that are happening overseas. You know, the ATP finals are going on right now. And like you mentioned, the World Cup, I'm diving deeper into soccer. Um, I, I love trying to get a little bit more international with the stories. But in terms of sports on their last legs, you know, we talk a lot about youth sports, you know, and getting young people to participate. And football is always going to be popular here in the United States. But Fewer and fewer kids are going out there and playing. I think you shouldn't put on pads till you're in high school. I think we can play flag and seven on seven and all that stuff until until we get to high school. But you know, you're seeing more participation in soccer and in you know um, golf even and 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 lacrosse and some of the more you know affluent sports traditionally are finding ways to be more accessible. So I think there's definitely a changing of the guard in terms of what the, the, the top sports are here in terms of what youth go out and play. And I think soccer is here, man. And we got the World Cup coming in 2026. And so with the, with the NWSL growing, shout out to the Portland Thorns getting their third title. And of course, the MLS is huge now. So I think soccer, they always talk about how it's the next big sport in America. It's been that way for 20 years. But I think it's going to have a moment not only with this World Cup, but of course in four years. Yeah, I think that's true. And a little sidebar, a little story that I'll tell. I've got three children. Um, one is in high school. 
And uh, he's pretty athletic, and he's a soccer player for his high school team, and he has a club team that he plays for. Shout out to my man, James. Yeah, James what up, James? Your dad so, rocks, by the way. Do what he says. Eat your vegetables, James. Eat your vegetables, James. Do your homework and get that sleep, 100%. But uh, so I am blessed to have a wonderful community and network of people, including you, right? And some are sports like Jalen Rose. Um, some are you know, business leaders as well. But one of um, my contacts, and it's not Jalen, but it's someone uh, that I you know, admire just as much. He said, because James also plays basketball. And he said, uh, Dewey, you should have James focus on soccer, not basketball. And I said, time out. I said, listen, I played a little basketball back in the day. And listen, basketball is where that person was a professional basketball player retired who said, Dewey, how many people on a basketball team, right? There might be 12, maybe. Maybe there's only five that are going to play plus a sub or two. Do the math for college. Do the math for professional and all these other leagues. Do the math with soccer. And just if you want your child or yourself to have an opportunity at success, America is moving more towards soccer every single day. So all things being equal, focus on soccer, not basketball. And that's not a decision that you need to make today, James. However, what are your thoughts on that? I think if you have the means and the access and the ability and interest, go play all the things. You know, I worked on a film called In Search of Greatness, which was about trying to figure out why athletes like Pele, Wayne Gretzky, Jerry Rice, not the biggest, strongest, fastest by any means. How do they become Pele, Wayne Gretzky, Jerry Rice? And we found is that they approach it almost like artists. And they took on all the different feelings and emotions and skills that come with development and didn't hyper-specialize at a super young age. James is a little older. He's in high school. You start to find your way by then, not only in the sports you play, but also in what you want to share with Do the your world. homework, James, yeah. before Figure you get on you the pitch. Yeah, back, James. Um, but, you know, the idea of these kids at, you know, five, six, seven, playing AAU, going to camps, overtraining, no, we got to get rid of that in youth sports and, and really try all the things. If you have the, uh, uh, the means and the access, and that's why all that's so important. Who's favored for the World Cup this year? You know, FIFA, the video game, not just the governing body of soccer, but the video game has run a simulation of the World Cup and it has accurately predicted the winner in 2010, 2014, in 18, and this year they did it and they say that Argentina is gonna win. So I'm not really going out on a limb by betting Argentina, but I think it'd be an amazing story for Messi, especially with all this Ronaldo drama going on, just to sort of solidify his greatness. He's won every award in soccer. He's never won a, goal, uh, a World Cup. And I'm not going to bet against the FIFA simulation. They've been getting it right since 2010. Well, there's another hack for all of the listeners and the viewers from the What Do We Do podcast. I'm not saying you should go out and put a bet anywhere. But that's like that's our approach on Bonjour Sports, right? I'm going to give you the X's and O's based of, off of what the FIFA video games did. Like, we're going to have fun with it and not try and, you know, out-hot take you on our predictions. That's fantastic. Well, Ben, I'm going to go to another segment of the show right now that we call What Do Ben do. Yeah. And, and what this means is that because it's what do we do, we talk usually about what I would do in certain scenarios if I don't have a guest on, usually about investments and that, that sort of thing. But as it relates to you being here, we want to hear what Ben do. And what that means is, Ben, what would you tell your 18-year-old self or any 18-year-olds out there today to either live their best life, invest for success, or be whoever you think they should be? First of all, I live my life by the code of what would Diddy do? 
So I always ask myself, what did he do in this situation? Is that Puff Diddy, P Diddy, Brother or Love, Sean Combs? Sean, Brother Love, Diddy, whatever you want to call him. What would Diddy do? What I would tell my 18-year-old self is that go out there and fail. It's okay. Take shots. Take swings. As J.R. Smith says, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? I think... I think if, if you're so caught up with perfection and making sure everything is just the way you want it to be exactly, chances are you might miss the moment. Go out there and fail. If you have the means to go out there and, and try something, then try it. Do it fully. Don't just tiptoe around it because you might fail or it might not work out. You got to just go for it and you got to embrace the failure and realize that the failure is just an opportunity. It's an opportunity to grow and bounce back and to learn and to all the things. Like Nobody's success is just a straight line. I don't care who it is. So everyone fails along the way. And so try to like, enjoy that as best as possible. It sounds crazy, but if you can re like, really learn from those failures and you can pick yourself up from those failures and reinvent yourself to find yourself from those failures, and those failures aren't failures, they're wins. You gained from them. You grew from them. You caught inspiration from them. You cut people out of your life from those failures. So I, I think it's a, it's an opera. Everything's an opportunity. And that's what I would tell my 18 year old self is don't be afraid to fail. Go out there and just take a big shot. Love that. Let me give you the blow up for that Love one. It. Booyah. Um, in sports and in life, there's a uh, quote that goes along with that. You're either winning or you're learning, right? And so if you're not winning, then you're losing or failing, and that's where you're learning. So if you get out of your comfort zone, that's how you can achieve a higher level of greatness. Look at Magic Johnson. We talk about what a successful career he's had post-basketball. We talk about what a successful basketball career he had. Lost in the finals a bunch of times. Failed as a coach, failed as a talk show host, has had failed businesses, failed as a team president. Is Magic Johnson a failure? Of course not. Magic Johnson is one of the greatest to ever do it. So I think we, we are so quick to criticize the failures of others that we don't seek out our own failures. We get scared to fail because we see how everybody comes at people who fail. But if you can lean into it, embrace it, learn from it, I don't know, maybe you'll have success like Magic. If you fail, evaluate why, make a change, try again. Yo, there's so much growth and so much to learn from failures and things that don't work out. And sometimes your hand is, is forced and it sets you on a different path, the bend in the road. Other times, you know, you just have to pull the plug and say, all right, I tried and I, I, didn't, I didn't do it. And, and that's okay. And now you can move on and grow and Put your energy into something that you, you're going to be successful at. And in life, you also have to learn how to say no. And that goes with it because when you try something enough and you realize that's not your thing. Yeah, you I struggle with that. I struggle with that a lot. I don't know. The idea of I'm wanting to do so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it, do it, do it, do it. It's like taking a, a step back to be a little more calculated is something I think I need to work on. Look up sense of self. You need to have a sense of self, and you'll learn that over time to all of our viewers and our listeners. Ben, today has been great. We're going to slowly wrap up the show, and I want you to share with our audience what is next for Ben Lyons. This show that you just started is amazing. It's going to be, like you said, 100 episodes and then another 100 episodes. Yeah. But besides your day job, well, what else is going on? Something I, I'm passionate about and figuring out how to contribute to and add value to um, is the conversation around young people and voting. So I first got up with Rock the Vote for the midterms back in 2014. 
and then partnered with their new president, Carolyn DeWitt, uh, and worked on a bunch of basketball initiatives. In 2018, we partnered with the WNBA Players Association. We went up to uh, the Golden State Warriors practice, and I spoke to the whole team about you know, the importance of voting. We re-registered a bunch of the players and a bunch of the staff. 2020, we launched the Hoopers Vote campaign. Obviously, voting interests in, in, in general elections is heightened, and you know, we partnered with over 450 athletes for a big social media campaign. And in 2022, we did it with NFTs and, you know, written about in Forbes and raised money for the PA, raised money for uh, Rock the Vote. And the WNBA is first in line on the right side of history with everything. I love those queens. I love those women so much. And I want to figure out as we head towards a general election in 2024, what my role is, how I can bring, you know, people together around helping young people register, get educated, and then show up to rock the vote. Because I feel like when you're young and you vote for the first time, you start to realize that there's a larger world outside your own importance and your own timeline. And I think if we all had a little bit more compassion for others, I think we'd all be in a better place. So it starts with voting for me. And that is something I'm trying to figure out what's next. Like I've done the PSAs with celebrities. I've done the grassroots registrations. I've done the, you know, NFT projects. And now it's like, okay, where am I at in my life and how can I contribute and be part of the, uh, you know, part of the solution? Ernie Johnson says it best, man. He's like, be, your, be a waterfall, uh, be a water fountain. Don't be a drain. Of course, Ernie says it far more poetically than I do. So how can I be a water fountain to the conversation on young people and voting? Well, again, it's an American right to vote. And so, again, you need to exercise that right. And everyone has a, an opinion, but a lot of those people haven't really voted you know, for or against their opinion. So I'm a huge advocate of that as well. And I'm just going to steal a little page from what you said. It sounds like you might be running for office one day. Nah, that's, man. that's the next step. No, for you. see, you already asked me about my past <laughs> and all the times running around Hollywood. So no, I don't think uh, a political career is in my future. Thank you though for putting it out there. Yeah, absolutely. Like but, I said, my mom might be watching, so she's going to be proud. Hey, you never no, know. Definitely not. I have happen. to tune in next no, time. No, 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 definitely not. Happen. Well, listen, Ben, it's been great having you on. Uh, anything you. else you'd like to wrap up and say to the audience before we get out of here? Go Blue. Let's get it done against that school in Ohio. Shout out to Coach Harbaugh, who attacks every day with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind, just like Dewey. I don't know if you're like Coach, where you eat a vitamin every day called a steak, but that guy's fit. He's lit. He's ready to rip. I love Coach Harbaugh, so happy to be out here. Well, we'll definitely say Go Blue as well to go that. Go Blue. Well, listen, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to another episode of the What Do We Do podcast. As I always say, live your best life, be radically generous, a great big booyah to ya, and 1.5 million total social media views. Let's get it we're, up. Let's get it up, Dewey. We're here with Ben Lyons, and we're just getting started. The opinions expressed in this program are for general information purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. It's only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risks and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional.